0: Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into the top 10 October-born actors in today's statistics episode. We read the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. Yes, we're back again with another top 10 actors list, uh, this one for October. If you listened to the formula episode that I put out last week, you will know that there is a slightly adjusted formula for deciphering who is a better actor than somebody else. Uh, I won't go into heavy details on that at the moment, but. Uh, suffice to say, for those of you that haven't listened to that episode at the mo- yet, uh, what's changed is that you now there's uh, the the average film rating used to be a whole number that was just added to the total was just a piece of the score. Now that number is multiplied by a variable. Uh, which is directly related to how many movies they've been in. So the more movies someone's been in, the higher percentage of their average film rating is used. Uh, Similarly, values for each film tier have uh, changed, and the value for Academy Award nominations have been cut in half. So uh, that has significantly impacted the scoring, and the difference between the scorings of all these people, uh, you know, just looking back at last month, uh, there are a lot of differences already. So if you look if you go on the website and look at previous top 10 month born actor lists, they will still be there uh, in as a complete, in as complete a form as I can uh, recall them uh, and pull them from previous past episodes that I've recorded. And will be there until they are usurped by the new format, Uh, just to kind of, once I get to that point, compare and contrast where people were and how they are now. However, that being said, this episode and October's top 10 list are the first uh, going forward official list uh, of the new formula, and... So, uh, it sucks, because I I was, you know, I've been really looking forward to finally getting to do the second iteration of a month's list, but ultimately that's not technically going to happen until next October now, uh, because when I get back to March, it's, the formula is just so different that it's really not going to be that comparable. So, all that being said, uh, let us kind of first take a look at some of the people who did not make the top 10 list uh, but came very close and uh, let's see here if that's where the line starts then some of the people who didn't make the list are four-time Oscar nominee George C. Scott uh, of I suppose Patton fame for first and foremost Uh, John Candy is pretty high up there right now John Lithgow, Ben Foster, Helen Highwater, Uh, Kerry Elwes uh, from the Princess Bride. Um, let's see. Charlton Heston is certainly in the mix. F. Murray Abraham, another Oscar winner. Uh, Julie Andrews, an Oscar winner. Joan Cusack. Um, Tony Shalhoub, Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, all these people, Angela Lansbury, are, are floating around, uh, let's say, the 11 to 30 range uh and and definitely not so far away that like a movie, maybe two movies couldn't push them into the top ten easily. But they didn't make it this time. And uh they'll have to try again next year. So uh that said, let's just jump into our top ten. Count down ten nine eight seven six five four Starting off with number 10 is an actor from Michigan, the United States. He is born October 8th, 1969. I have 8 film credits for this person with an average film rating of 76.5 and a value of 9.5, no Academy Award recognition as of yet. He ends up with a score of 70.70 and that's Jeremy Davies. Jeremy Davies, perhaps not the most recognizable name, uh, but I, you'd probably recognize his face, especially if you're a fan of Lost. Uh, he he played uh, the physicist Daniel Faraday on Lost for a few seasons, at least, uh, and and was kind of a very a primary character in that. Uh, however, his movie career is filled with a lot more supporting roles, bit roles, character pieces, and. To that effect, uh, you know, he doesn't have a lot of credits. You know, Letterboxd lists him with 26 movies. Uh, that's probably approximate. And I've seen eight. You know, I haven't seen a lot of his movies. He He's far, far more of a television actor. Um, he's been on Justified and, and, and other shows. But all told, he has a very strong filmography, uh, you know. His best film is Saving Private Ryan, uh, he plays an interpreter on in this movie. Uh, he also has uh, probably his only uh, leading role, or at least his only leading role that I've seen, which is uh, Spanking the Monkey. Uh, that is, I believe, a David O. Russell movie from 1994, um, in which Jeremy Davies uh, is is forced to kind of stay home instead of going to school and take care of his mother. Uh, also, he has The Laramie Project, which is a movie I particularly find harrowing and, and very mm, emotional and, and devastating. But, not, you know, based on the reviews on Letterboxd, there are a lot of people that uh, dissent. And then rounding out his films rated in the 90, 90s uh, is Rescue Dawn. Uh, Rescue Dawn from 2006, uh, directed by Werner Herzog. Uh, true story of survival about uh, a U.S. fighter pilot's uh, struggle to survive being shot down over Laos during the Vietnam War. Uh, Christian Bale plays the lead role, but Jeremy Davies is a small role in the movie. Uh, Moving past that, his only film in the 80s is Dogville. Uh, Then you've got a small role in Secretary, uh, a small role in Solaris, and a small role in It's Kind of a Funny Story. So, for me, he only has one bad film, and that's It's Kind of a Funny Story, which is a movie I watched within the last month or so uh, in preparation for this list. He's still at number 10, and there are not a lot of movies on here that uh, that I haven't seen that are ones I recognize even. Uh, he's got credits in Twister, uh, which is the most popular movie on Letterboxd of his that I haven't seen. A movie from 1999 called Ravenous. Uh, he has a voice role in Justice League Dark, which came out this year. Uh, the Bryce Dallas Howard film Manderley, also starring Willem Dafoe. The Jodie Foster film Nell from 1994. And then, you know, you go down to the bottom of the list, and it's a lot of movies I've never heard of. So, all in all, you know, he doesn't have a big filmography. And there's probably, like, Twister, I've heard, is good. Uh, I know my girlfriend likes it. And a couple of these are movies I've heard at least positive reactions from. But I think the filmography that he has remaining on the whole is largely negative. And so it'll be interesting to see where he ends up next year because it looks like odds are he's going to fall off the list. Uh, it's tough, tough because eight films is not a lot. and you know he just he doesn't he's not the main character in the, these movies. so it's generally not because of him that the movies are do well. Uh, he's just been very fortunate. Uh, not only to have been in the good movies, but that I haven't seen the bad ones, uh, which I don't know. Maybe that takes away a little bit. You know, maybe that's a little unfair uh, to say about Jeremy Davies because I do like him. I think he's a good actor. Uh, he just he needs the, uh, more opportunities. I think he does because I do like him. He's good. That's number ten. Jeremy Davies ranked uh, 193rd overall. 193rd. Moving up to number 9, this actor uh, was born October 10th, 1912 uh, and passed away March 29th, 1982 at the age of 69. Uh, He was born in Pennsylvania, United States. I have seven film credits for him at the moment with an average film rating of 80.43, the second highest average film rating uh, of this top 10. He has five of those seven films uh, in the 90s, one in the 50s, and one in the 25-49 to range, for a total value of 9 and a score of 71.56. No Oscar recognition. And that is Rudy Bond. Rudy Bond ranked 176th overall. His seven film credits uh, account for 58% of his filmography, according to Letterboxd, uh, in which he has 12 credits in total. That is very small, uh, also considering that he has passed away, so he is not going to be adding new movies to this list. It just so happens that he has been in five of, in my opinion, the best movies ever made, including The Godfather... 12 angry men on the waterfront a streetcar named desire and the taking of Pelham one two three the 1974 version uh, he is probably not that recognizable in any of these movies as he doesn't generally play a very big role in the godfather he plays the role of carmine Cuneo, who's billed like 15th in the movie uh, he plays the one of the I think he plays the the judge in 12 Angry Men. Small role there. Uh, and on the waterfront, he plays Moose, who I don't remember. And in A Streetcar Named Desire, he's credited as Steve, uh, who's actually billed fifth, so, so that's actually substantial. And then in The Taking of Pelham 123, he's credited as Phil, the police commissioner. So he's not given big roles, but He is a presence in these movies, and that's, I don't know, uh, like, I I can't exactly fault him for that. You know, it's kind of the same thing that Jeremy Davies' situation was in, in that he's not leading these movies, he's not carrying these movies, but he's in these movies. Uh, And his other films that I've seen are Run Silent, Run Deep, which is the film I gave, I rated in the 50s, a fifty-six. And his only bad film is The Mountain Road, uh, starring Jimmy Stewart. Besides that, uh, there are five films of his I haven't seen. One of those, the most popular, is Nightfall from 1957, which stars Anne Bancraft, uh, who I've never... uh, uh, It's not a movie I'm familiar with. The Brothers Rico from 1957 as well. Miss Sadie Thompson... Starring Rita Hayworth, Bang the Drum Slowly, from 1956, and The Hard Man, from 1957. As it turns out, I have been searching for some of these movies to watch them, uh, because I figured it would be very easy to fill out all of Rudy Bond's filmography, but for the most part, they are very elusive movies, and it was only by luck that I was able to come across The Mountain Road and Run Silent, Run Deep at all. So... He has been a fixture in the top-ranked actors list for a long, long time, uh, especially before I had seen his films that weren't rated in the, like, 90s. And while he's only he's still at 176th, he has dropped quite considerably with uh, the addition of Run Silent, Run Deep and The Mountain Road. Given the fact that he only has five movies left and how difficult it's been to this point to find them... Uh, there's a decent chance he's still here next year. And without having... And I probably might not have seen any more of his movies. Uh, I'm going to make sure I try to see at least one more movie that he's been in by next year. I think if I do, I don't think there's another movie on this list that's going to keep him in the top 10. But... That all depends on how many people above him stay above him, ultimately. So... For now, Rudy Bond ranked number ninth and uh, 176th overall. He is about a point ahead of Jeremy Davies, and yeah, he's uh, he's kind of like John Cazale you 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 don't realize that he's been in some of the best movies ever made, and little else, <laughs> you know. And and I think Rudy Bond has more of a stranglehold on that sort of thing than Cazale does. If I can find Cazale really quickly here and see. Uh, yeah, because Cazale's ranked, in, ranked 303rd right now with six film credits uh, and his, his top, he is not as top heavy as Rudy Bond is as he has films in the 90s, 80s and 70s as opposed to just the 90s so it's a bit of a he, he's a lot more top heavy and ultimately so that's rebond moving on to number eight born uh October 4th 1895 uh the earliest birthday of the top 10 uh passing away February 1st of 19 and of 1966 at the age of 70 uh, born in Kansas and ranked 117th with eight film credits an average film rating of 80.63, uh, no bad films to speak of, and a value of 10 with a score of 74.5 is Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton, definitely a name recognizable by those interested and uh, obsessed with movies, cinephiles, movie lovers. Uh, uh, you know whether or not you like him, uh, where whether or not you come down on his side in the Chaplin-Keaton debate. He is. Far and away a very recognizable name and performer and historical figure in cinema. Uh, Most notably known for his silent films and physical comedy, Buster Keaton has 140 credits on Letterboxd. I've only seen eight of them, Uh, so I am woefully under-representing just how wide and expansive his uh, impact is. And his how great his career has been. I've I've seen very few movies of his, and you know his film his average film rating eighty point six three highest one on the list of this top ten list. Uh, you know it's two tenths of a point higher than Rudy Bonds with one film more than his. Uh, the fact that he has no bad films definitely plays a big role in that, and uh, he has two very, very highly rated films in Sunset Boulevard, in which he plays himself. Um, let's see if I can... Uh, yeah, and then as well, uh, a movie I watched very recently, Sherlock Jr., which had me in stitches. It, it's so funny. He's absolutely hilarious in this movie, and it's shocking. It's absolutely... I, don't, I mean, it's not shocking. It shouldn't be shocking because... Buster Keaton, you know, there's no or there's a reason he is so well known and so famous and his name is so recognizable and it's because he's amazing at what he does. And uh, I thought Sherlock Jr. was fantastic and he in it is incredibly, incredibly good. Uh, the other films of his that I've seen that are specifically his and aren't just other people's films that he's in are The General, which I like and, and enjoy quite a bit, Steamboat Bill Jr., which I think is good, uh, One Week, which is a shorter film, uh, but also is is great, uh, and then he has small parts, smaller parts in Limelight, a Charles Chaplin movie, uh, It's a Mad 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 World, and Around the World in 80 Days. Uh, His his spread looks like two films in the 90s, three in the 80s, one 70s, one 60s, and one 50s film. And uh, you know, if you know, we're looking looking at like some of the previous months I've done this. Values used to be 30s, 40s, 50s in, in terms of quantity. And you know, Buster Keaton's value of 10 is very high under the new formula. And so, you know, 8 films with a value of 8, 10 is very good. And presumably, it only arrives. You know, 140 films, you know, I I just don't know. You know, like, I just kind of scrolled down to 8, 12, 16, 20. The 24th film in terms of popularity that Buster Keaton is credited in. And it's called film. It's from 1965, and it has an average rating on Letterboxd of 3.6. That's very high. So if if I don't know, it, it also seems like you know he's in a lot of shorter films. So it's going to be a lot easier to watch a lot more of his movies uh, than, say, for example, somebody else like a. Uh, Jeremy Davies or Rudy Bond, like, their movies are going to probably be 90 minutes or more, whereas the highest, the most popular film of Buster Keaton's that I haven't seen is only 56 minutes, and that's seven chances. Uh, Other films of note that I haven't seen high in priority are Hospitality, uh, Cameraman, The Navigator, Cops, College, The Goat, Go West, uh, just a lot of movies that you know some of these are ones I've heard of uh the navigator cameraman and others are ones I'm excited to see uh all of them pretty much because I think Buster Keaton I don't know uh, jurys still out on my my personal opinion on Keaton versus Chaplin I think they're both great uh but I, I'm definitely woefully uh in in just I haven't experienced enough of them to really stake a claim one way or the other so buster keaton number eight 117th overall in october moving on to number seven uh this is someone this is probably the least recognizable name no it's not i skipped a person this is someone who's very recognizable. Whether or not you know his name, I'm sure you've seen him in movies. He has 98 film credits on Letterboxd, uh, and is uh, I have seen 26 of them. Born October 19th, 1940, still alive. Uh, his 26 credits are an average film rating of 6585 now, he only has one film rated in the 90s, but he has seven films rated in both the 80s and the 70s. Uh, the, the numbers drop off after that to give him an ultimate value of 13.5. Pretty good. Um, uh, with a score of 74.64. Uh, ranked 115th overall is the Irish actor Michael Gambon probably most recognizable as the second actor to play Dumbledore in the Harry Potter series, after uh, Richard Harris's unfortunate passing. Gambone would go on to play Dumbledore in six of the Harry Potter movies. Uh, his, other, his best film, however, in my opinion, is Fantastic Mr. Fox, in which he has a voice role. Also at the top of the list is... Films like, uh, I think his voice role in Paddington uh, is is strong. I, I like him in that movie. Uh, his role in The Insider is good. Uh, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow, I really enjoy. Uh, he's he's had, an you know, alongside Fantastic Mr. Fox, he has a mild history with Wes Anderson, uh, also being in Life Aquatic, Steve Zissou. I enjoyed him in Layer Cake as well. Uh, Wings of the Dove, A Dry White Season, Sleepy Hollow, Book of Eli, Gosford Park, Open Range, Cook, Thief, Wife, Lover. And he was recently in both The King, Kingsman, the Golden Circle, and Victorian Abdul, and Viceroy's House. Uh, three movies I've seen this month, in fact. Uh, so a lot of a lot of quantity coming out of Gambone this year. Uh, there's a lot of movies of his I haven't seen. And uh, starting with Ali G in the House, The Omen, Quartet, Amazing Grace, Dad's Army, Sylvia, Brideshead Revisited, and Page 8 are just a few. Like I said, he has a huge filmography. It seems, though, that for the most part, these are film, you know, he doesn't have a lot of films when he was very young. It, it looks like. Uh, I would be really interested to see him. As more of a younger actor. Something from when he was in his like. 20s, 30s. Uh, I don't know if he was even necessarily an actor at that point. But. I I would I would really like that. I, I like Gambon a lot. But I think. He's benefited quite a bit. From being in Harry Potter. And. It's. It's interesting to think of kind of where he would be without dumbledore you know that was probably the biggest role he ever landed um and it was only you know thanks to richard harris's misfortune that he ever got to be it so yeah i like gambone i like his his passion i like his voice i like his energy that he pr- brings to his movies uh, even when he's more subdued, I think he still has great charisma on screen, and I uh, I like it. I like I like him. I like seeing him in movies, and I hope to see him in a lot more. So that's Michael Gambone number seven. Number seven. Moving on to number six uh, is the first female to make this list. She's born October 10th, 1960 in Saudi Arabia. She is an American actress. However, uh, she has 12 film credits an average film rating of 73.92. Uh, very A little top heavy in her, her credits as well. She uh, has a value of 12 and a score of 75.36. Ranked 104th overall is Melora Melora Walters. Uh, You might not recognize this name, as it turns out. Uh, Like I said, only 12 film credits, and if you look at Letterboxd, only 8 that I've seen. Um, But some of those credits include uh, collaborations with Paul Thomas Anderson on Magnolia, Boogie Nights, and the master addendum Back Beyond. Uh, She had a role in The Butterfly Effect, this year's The Lovers, and Hard Eight. Uh, but for me, she's most recognizable um, as a doctor in the movie *Short Term 12*, my favorite film from 2013. Um, and uh, she had a small, small, small role in *Ed Wood*. Uh, that's what Letterbox tells me. But additionally, to addition, in addition to that, she has an uncredited role in *Matchstick Men*. She has a role in *Dead Poet Society*, *Cold Mountain*. Um, and I melt with you. I melt with you as her only bad film, as it turns out. Uh, unfortunately, it is absolutely horrid. Uh, five out of a hundred. But that's only one film. So she's she's doing really well. Like I said, 104th overall. Sixth in Octoberborn. In a list of Octoberborn actors. She isn't you know, again, she's someone who I think in both The Lovers and Short Term 12 has proven to be very good at acting. You know, she is the other woman in The Lovers for Tracy Letts' character, and I think she gives an incredible performance. I, I wish, you know, I wish she got more recognition. I wish she got more respect in the industry. I think she could be fantastic i would love to see her lead in a lead role at some point uh you know she's already oh wait hold on a second this tells me that she was born in 1968 though as opposed to 1960 which is what wikipedia says that's interesting i'm going to stick with what wikipedia says you know, so, I mean, she's 50, she'll be 57 in about a week, and I think it's long overdue that she, you know, can get to lead her own movie. She's she's great. Uh, she's great. It's undeniable fact. Undeniable fact. She is great. Um yeah, watch The Lovers. I think that that is the best example of her skills and abilities. In my opinion, I think her the rest of her, the movies that she's in, her roles are a little too small to really get the full grasp of how good she can be. But The Lovers is a great example of that. So watch The Lovers. Learn the name Melora Walters. Hopefully she can... Hopefully somebody gives her a chance. Somebody. So that's number six, Melora Walters, uh, 104th overall. Well, we've made it through the bottom five. None of them nominated for an Oscar. However, the top five all have been. Um, A lot of them, some of them even uh, within the last few years. Uh, And we start with number five, uh, born October 28th, 1974 in Puerto Rico with 17 film credits, Uh, An average film rating of 68.82. A very top-heavy actor who has been nominated three times for an Oscar. Uh, A film credit list, uh, or a film value of 12.5 and a score of 75.58. Ranked 97th overall, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix uh, is a strange, strange man. Uh, he he has been in some seminal films: Signs, Gladiator, Her, Walk the Line, Hotel Rwanda. You know these are movies that generally are in the conversation about movies. You know, like Her was a very popular sci-fi film in 2013. Gladiator won Best Picture, um, and he was nominated for his performance in it. He's also nominated for his performance in *Walk the Line*, as well as *The Master*, uh, and then *Shyamalan*. His you know his work with Shyamalan yielded great results in *Signs*, not so great results in *The Village*, but you know still someone that stuck out uh, in that way. Uh, he's also been in *The Immigrant*, uh, *Brother Bear*, *To Die For*, uh, *Parenthood* quills uh, ladder 49 and then obviously the master addendum back beyond so uh, to his credit you know Joaquin Phoenix is um, he's a really good actor guys like he's I really like him I think you know his, his sort of you know his hair lip stands out I'm not sure there are that many people acting that have that but I always enjoy him in movies. I think his performance in Her was fantastic. And Gladiator, fantastic. I like him in pretty much everything I've seen him in. And then on top of that, his documentary, I'm Still, I'm Still Here, in which he pretends to turn and become an, a rapper, is oddly phenomenal. Oddly phenomenal, you know. He is he is he plays that sort of tepid, nebish character really well. You know, I think his characters in her and Gladiator are very weak-willed at a, a lot of points. But then you look at something like, um, you yeah, know, something like in in Walk the Line, he shows a lot more range. Um, and I'm Still Here, where he's kind of playing a variation on himself. He actually gets a lot of opportunities to... kind of just, like, steamroll people verbally, you know? He he doesn't give a shit about what people think in I'm Still Here. And so, to that end, he's, like, a piece of shit, rude asshole to almost every single person he comes into contact with, save for, like, Casey Affleck, who's filming the documentary. So, I like seeing... Him like that. I think his best work for me personally was in her, uh, which he wasn't recognized for, but I'm, I'm, I don't know. I mean, re- he was recognized the year before for the Master, so that's how the Academy works. All in all, I-, I like seeing Joaquin Phoenix in things and hope to see him in more things to come. He's got a few things. On the docket, uh, coming out, um, you were never really here. Is I'm, I've heard it was supposed to come out in 2017. I think it's been pushed back to 2018, with three other films of his that he, are supposed to come out that year: The Sisters Brothers, Mary Magdalene, and Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. Uh, so I am always looking forward to more Joaquin Phoenix performances. Because I think he has been pretty awesome thus far. I've seen approximately 50% of his filmography. And some of the films of his that I haven't seen. That uh, are popular on Letterboxd. Include Two Lovers. We Own the Night. U-Turn. The Yards. Earthlings. And Reservation Road. Reservation Road. So, hoping to... Hoping to kind of flesh out his filmography a little bit more by next year. And uh, see if he can uh, move up, actually. I would not be surprised. That's Joaquin Phoenix, number 5th overall. Or number 97th overall, number 5 in October. Next up, the only Oscar winner in this top 10 list. Uh, Born October 1st, 1989. In California, with 21 film credits. An average film rating of 67.1%. Uh, One win and one nomination at the Oscars. A value of 14 and a score of 76.76. Ranked 78th overall is Brie Larson. One of my favorite actors working right now. uh, Particularly as far as uh, young people go. And she is fantastic. Uh, Definitely broke out for me with short term 12. But, you know, I know her from Community. Uh, I loved her in Scott Pilgrim versus The World. 21 Jump Street, Trainwreck, Don John, Spectacular Now. I thought she was fantastic in Free Fire as well. Uh, Greenberg. She's great in Glass Castle, Rampart. Uh, You know, there's really nothing she isn't good in. As far as I'm concerned. So... I'm always looking for more movies of hers. Anything that comes out that she's in, I will go see. And to that fact, I've seen 20 of the 32 films that she's credited with on Letterboxd, uh, as well as another one that isn't on Letterboxd. And primarily the movies of hers that I haven't seen are ones from before she broke out with Uh, short-term 12. In addition, of the people on this list, she is the only uh, sorry, she is the only one who uh, has a film rated zero in their filmography, according to my list. Let me double check that, yeah. And that is Farce of the Penguins, one of the most abhorrent films ever made. And I'm uh, really sad that she's in it, because she would easily be ranked third, if not second, without it. So, pretty big shame. Uh, but I can't really do anything about it now. So, Breed Larson. You know, Glass Castle came out to tepid and mixed reviews. I think she's great in it. However, the movie itself is fine, uh, at best, and meh to a lot of people. Um, She is going to be in films like Unicorn Store, which is supposed to come out this year, Basmati Blues, also supposed to come out this year, Brooklyn Bridge for next year, and then she is the new Captain Marvel. She is Captain Marvel, uh, slated for a 2019 release, and she's also supposed to appear in Avengers, Infinity War Part 2, which should have a different title by then, also 2019. So, given Marvel's track record, uh, that should be two movies coming up that will improve her score. As far as the other ones, uh, those remain to be seen. Some of her most popular films, however, that I haven't seen, according to Letterboxd, that are out and about. A movie from from 2004 called Sleepover. 2006's Hoot, Uh, 2007's Remember the Days, D-A-Z-E, and 2011's The Trouble with Bliss. Uh, Hoot, I think, is a book I read when I was younger, but the rest of them I have not heard of. So, I think unfortunately that the majority of the films of hers I haven't seen are just going to drag her rating down. Which sucks, but I can't do anything about that. Except not watch them. But I'm going to watch them because I love Brie Larson. And I think she's great. So Brie Larson is number four in October. Number 78 overall. Moving on to number three. We have uh, born October 8th, 1949. uh, 20 years before Jeremy Davies. Exactly. Uh, In New York. With 33 film credits, an average film rating of 64.15, and one Oscar nomination, and a value of 16.5, the second highest value of the month's top 10, a score of 77.49, ranked 71st overall, is Sigourney Weaver. Yes, Sigourney Weaver, who is... Um, it Arguably the most recognizable Name uh, on this list uh, If the Cine Realist Podcast has anything to show for it And that'll make sense When I tell you who number two is Or if it won't If you don't listen to their show But I'll explain it then uh, Her Oscar nomination comes from her performance In James Cameron's Aliens A character she introduced us to In Alien, Ridley Scott's movie And then Cameron was able to prop her up and give her a nomination, I think one that's well-deserved, if not for Aliens, then for her performance as Ridley, Ripley, Ellen Ripley in the franchise itself. Uh, You know, one of the most groundbreaking and and strong female characters, especially of the time and even today, is still remembered and, and considered as such. She became kind of this sci-fi icon with roles in The Cabin in the Woods, *Wally*, Avatar, Ghostbusters, Galaxy Quest, uh, Paul, and uh, even the new Ghostbusters. She was in Ghostbusters sequel. She's definitely made a name for herself in the sci-fi genre. That's kind of been where she's found most of her success. Um, but... She, she's not limited to it, she's been able to foray that into comedies and dramas, you know, Annie Hall, uh, She's a tiny role that's almost irrelevant to mention, but she has a significant and great role in Dave, uh, as well as uh, Cedar Rapids, Rampart, The Ice Storm, uh, Paul, I already mentioned, Be Kind, Rewind, Holes, she was very iconic in Holes, in my opinion, uh, a monster calls um, baby mama, tadpole. she she's kind of run the gambit. Uh, obviously, sci-fi has been her bread and butter since Alien came out. And I don't know that she's necessarily looking for, you know, anything other than that at the top at this moment. But, all told, I think, you know, she's uh, she's far more comfortable in that, in my opinion. And, like, looking at the movies of hers I haven't seen, they're mostly not sci-fi movies. They're Working Girl, Red Lights, Heartbreakers, You Again, Death and the Maiden, Gorillas in the Mist. You know, these are biopics, rom-coms, uh, You know, dramas, these are movies that I think she hasn't gotten as much recognition for That she hasn't uh, gotten as much credit for And to that effect, you know, maybe that's simply because they're not good Which is kind of what it looks like to me But on the other hand, you know, she's a very good actor And someone I like seeing in my movies I think, unfortunately, she's kind of been relegated to cameo bits For the last couple of years. Since Cabin in the Woods. And that's unfortunate. Because she's not like ancient. She's you know. Very much. Only 68. Years old. And totally capable of like. Carrying a movie. Or even being a supporting character. At the least. So I'm curious. As to whether or not. She can really take up a role. In the spotlight again. Uh, I hope she can. I'd love that. I would be very pleased to see that, but it doesn't feel like that's going to happen anytime soon. I think uh, her involvement is probably my biggest anticipated factor about Avatar outside of James Cameron, uh, because you know, like she finally got like a somewhat meaty role in a Monster Calls. But prior to that, she really didn't get much to do in the last, like, dozen movies or so that she'd been in. You know, she'd been doing a little bit of TV work, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But, you know, she's going to be in every single Avatar movie. So, I'm incredibly excited to, to see her in those and actually get a performance out of her. I'm also looking forward to the Myrowit stories. Because she's in those. Uh, but again like looking at the cast list she's like at the bottom of the list and she plays herself so again kind of just a cameo so i really like sigourney weaver it's a shame she doesn't get to do more stuff anymore but hopefully fingers crossed her perform her roles in her role in the avatar series will uh be a benefit to her career and not kill it But, I mean, it's James Cameron. You know, she's had a ton of success with James Cameron and Aliens and the first Avatar. So, I I don't... I don't know. It it seems like a great opportunity for her. And I hope that it is. That's number three, Sigourney Weaver. In October. Moving on to number two. And this is... uh, This person, uh, also born October 8th, 1970. So a year after Jeremy Davies, 21 years after Sigourney Weaver uh, in Massachusetts, 46 film credits. So, heads and shoulders, the highest number in this list, uh, with an average film rating of 63.33, which is uh, the lowest average film rating in this list. Uh, Matt Damon, Matt Damon, uh, he has a value of 18, three Oscar nominations, a score of 80.19, and an overall rank of 48th. Now, the reason I question the validity of his being the most popular name on this top 10 list, uh, as opposed to Sigourney Weaver, is one reason. And that is, if you listen to the Realist podcast, uh, James, who is one of the co-hosts, uh, I forget the exact circumstances in which he he constructed this experiment, but ultimately I think he tried to create a uh, control where his father was asked to name a movie that Matt Damon was in and failed to do so. Uh, not that that necessarily speaks to the rest of the world, but I think that that's kind of shocking to me. You know, I've seen 46 movies of his. I don't think I could name them all without looking, but I could definitely name a good dozen movies I I know that Matt Damon is in because he's a pretty prolific and good actor, and he's been in some fantastic movies. Case in point, uh, his Oscar-nominated performance for *Goodwill Hunting, Saving Private Ryan, Chasing Amy, Margaret, The Departed, Ocean's Eleven, uh, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, Interstellar, The Born Ultimatum, The Talent of Mr. Ripley, The Martian, Oscar-nominated, The Born Identity, True Grit, Field of Dreams, Behind the Candelabra, Dogma, The Adjustment Bureau, Bu- Born Supremacy, Jerry, Ponyo, Elysium, uh, his other uh, Oscar-nominated performance in Invictus, The Informant, Syriana, Oceans 13, Contagion, Oceans 12, The Brothers Grimm, Rounders, Happy Feet 2, Mystic Pizza, Eurotrip, Jersey Girl, Promised Land, Legend of Bagger Vance, Green Zone, Stuck on You, We Bought a Zoo, Titan AE, Great Wall, Zero Theorem, Jason Bourne, Good Shepherd, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and at the bottom of the list, The Monuments Men, and I think I missed, or I skipped, um, Inside Job, Inside Job as a narrator as well. Those are all the movies of his I've seen and some of those movies are very very well known saving private ryan goodwill hunting the born movies the oceans movies you know he is not just a run of the mill guy the departed true grit interstellar the martian you know these are incredibly you know recognizable films films that defined Cinematic periods of time, films that defined Oscar years, films that defined c- actors and and people, and you know Damon. I don't know. I, I don't think I could ever put him. Maybe maybe ever I could, but I don't think right now I could possibly put him in a category of say like the greatest actors of all time. Like I just don't think he's quite cut out for that list. But all in all, like he is a very good actor. Uh, he does not really ever phone it in. Um, potential exception is Jason Bourne, which is one of her more, one of his more recent films. I thought that was poor. Uh, maybe The Great Wall, I think is also not very good and, uh, super unmemorable, but for the most part, like you look at his performance in like The Martian or The Departed or Saving Private Orion, Goodwill Hunting, um, you know, contagion, like he is doing a lot and he doesn't always get a lot to work with. So I I think that it's it's very impressive, firstly, that he has been able to sustain this level of quality uh for his, his whole career since he kind of broke onto the scene back in nineteen twenty years ago with Goodwill Hunting. Uh, At the time, he was 27 when he probably, I mean, he was probably younger than that when they made the movie, but he was 27 when the movie came out, give or take. And he's parlayed that into one of the best careers going. You know, he's maybe not in a Marvel movie, but he is, you know, one of the most more bankable actors out there. And case in point, he is already, uh, you know, in trailers for movies coming out later this year, like Suburbicon uh, and Downsizing, which are both possible awards contenders for this year's Oscars. Um, He's also going to have a small cameo role, presumably, in Ocean's 8, the female Ocean's movie. So, you know he's he's definitely someone who you know directors and screenwriters and studios and producers they trust him because he is a recognizable person and face he has a storied history with Jimmy Kimmel he is simply you know it it seems crazy to think that he's not one of the most recognizable actors if not the if not the world in this country and yet somehow he actually isn't uh you know I would personally say I would rather see Sigourney Weaver in a movie than I would rather than I'd you know want to see Matt Damon. I think Sigourney Weaver's a better actor overall but I can't deny that Matt Damon just has a better filmography. It's bigger and it's you know far far denser than anyone else's. He has the highest value of anyone in the top 10. Uh, and uh, his spot in the top 50 actors of all time on my list is Warranted. Uh, so Matt Damon, I'm excited for both Downsizing and uh, Suburbicon. I think I think Suburbicon's going to be better, but I like the premise of Downsizing more. Uh, so that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be tough to see, you know, because... Both of those are getting pretty solid buzz around them, as far as I'm aware. So I'm I'm looking forward to those. Looking forward to those. Matt Damon, number two in October, number 48 overall. And finally, let us move into our number one actor for October. Born October 20th, 1958. Uh, This person has 17 film credits. An average film rating of 73.12, which is fairly high uh, given that quantity. Uh, just two movies rated under 50, two Oscar nominations, and a value of 14.5. So the third highest value uh, of this top 10 list for a total score of 80.892, 80.92, uh, not even a point higher than Matt Damon. Uh, ranked 43rd overall, so fairly low, actually. Uh, you know, there are 42 people that are better than every single person born in October. So, kind of a weak month uh, when you look at it. But that is Vigo Mortensen. Now, Vigo Mortensen is kind of boosted in his uh, ratings by the Lord of the Rings movies, as you would expect. And. While that's far and away nowhere near the kind of boost that someone like Gam- Michael Gambone gets from being in Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings has been wonderful for to uh, good old Vigo. and you know he he got a lot of a lot of press from his performances, as Aragorn. I think he's great in those movies, and I think that he is looking like I don't know, just like looking at this top ten. Of just the men on this list, I'm pretty sure Viggo Mortensen is my most is my favorite of these actors. Now that's only counting looking into the top ten, but I just looking his role in Captain Fantastic, Oscar nominated one of his two, is stunning. It's stunning work. I I loved him in that movie. I think he's great in it, and I think the movie itself is great. Uh, His other nomination came from his role in Eastern Promises. Uh, he kind of has, you know, he's he's been in a lot of these movies where he's given a lot of re- responsibility. He's, you know, he's the lead in a lot of these movies, and his 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 role is very much one of he's a very like kind of broken, complicated character in most of these roles. You know, Captain Fantastic, his wife has died you know, history of violence and Eastern Promises, He there's a lot of baggage that comes along with these characters. In Lord of the Rings, you know, Aragorn is far from just the rightful king of men. He is a lot, like, it goes. It runs a lot deeper than that. He's got past horrors, past traumas, you know, lack of certainty in a lot of situations about taking that crown um, and, um, you know, I think he plays those roles incredibly well, uh, and, and I'm, I'm really, I really enjoy watching him in these movies. For me, however, the most recognizable and role of his, and the one that I always think of when I think of uh, Viggo Mortensen, is Hidalgo. Now, Hidalgo is not one of his best movies. Um, you know, in fact, I, I rate it, it's his ninth best movie, as far as I'm concerned, uh, which makes it two, four, six, eight, nine. Um, it's it puts it in the '70s for me, which is I think higher than a lot of people have it. It's just there's a big nostalgia factor for me in this movie. I've watched it a dozen times, if not more, when I was a kid, and I just I love the idea of it. I love. The horse race, I love everything that goes on around the horse race. I think Vigo Mortensen's great in it. I love Omar Sharif. Uh, and and I think that he... I don't know. I, I think it's exciting and enjoyable and fantastic finale. The cinet- cinematography in that movie is great. And not to turn this into the Hidalgo. <laughs> uh, not to just make him Hidalgo. But I think that is the movie for me that I most associate with with Viggo Mortensen. Now, to his credit, he's been in a lot of other good movies, such as Witness, uh, Carlito's Way, History of Violence, G.I. Jane, uh, The Road, Crimson Tide, A Dangerous Method. Uh, and I think that, he, you know, he's got 755 credits on, on Letterboxd, and I've seen 17 of them. So that's like a third. And some of the movies of his I haven't seen that are highly popular Psycho, the 1998 remake. Probably going to pronounce this wrong, but Joie Zhuaja Joie, Joie, uh, from 2014, Daylight from 1996, Appaloosa from 2008, and A Perfect Murder from 1998. So, you know, I, I don't know that any of those are necessarily great movies. I think there's a good chance that a lot of these movies I haven't seen of his aren't good movies, but to that, you know, otherwise, you know, like, most of these are movies that he has a main character he's the main character in, you know, he's on the poster for a lot of these movies, uh, such as Everybody Has a Plan, or Good, from 2008, or Ala Triste, from 2006, or A Walk on the Moon, from 1999, um, The Indian Runner, from 1991, Young Guns 2, Far From Men. Uh, he is front and center in these movies. And they are made because of him. And I think it's because he's good, he carries a movie well, and I'm glad he was recognized for his role in Captain Fantastic. Hopefully, that leads him to more work down the line, and uh, you know he can get some more... Kind of complex, complicated roles, maybe even something that would be as defining as Aragorn. That's a tall order. I, I won't lie, but you know, it would be great to see him more in the public eye. You know, I think he's kind of fallen out of that since Lord of the Rings, uh, and maybe that's you know what he wants. I, I don't. I'm not sure. It seems as though he wants less uh you know less kind of blockbustery movies but I think he I don't know, I think he's great in pretty much everything, so I, I'm down for whatever he's in. Letterbox does not have any upcoming projects for this guy, for my my friend Vigo. So I'm not sure if he's working right now. Maybe he's in the process of filming something small and indie. Uh whatever it is, I'm excited for it. So Vigo Mortensen. Number 1 in October, number 43 overall. I will run down the top 10 once again, uh, just to kind of get them their names all back to back to back to back. Starting at number 10, Jeremy Davies, Rudy Bond, Buster Keaton, Michael Gambone, Melora Walters, Joaquin Phoenix, Brie Larson, Sigourney Weaver, Matt Damon, and Vico Mortensen. Pretty strong top 10, if I do say so. Uh, you know, a couple of people in there that are more small side characters than main roles. But when you got the, the team of Buster Keaton, Michael Gambone, Matt Damon, Sigourney Weaver, Brie Larson, and Viggo Mortensen at the table, you know, how do, how do you go wrong? Joaquin Phoenix, fantastic team. Uh, so pretty strong October, but ultimately one of the weaker months, uh, you know, when, when 42 people are rated above everyone. In this month. So looking forward to November, uh, I've already been watching quite a few movies uh, in preparation for it and uh, there has been one person at the top of November's list that I don't think I could unseat even if I tried. So keep that in mind. Uh, Currently the top 10 for uh, November uh, is all in the top 100, so a much stronger month overall and six of the top ten would outrank Vigo Mortensen, uh, which is interesting, to say the least. We'll see if any of that changes come next month, but until then, I want to thank you for listening, and if you have any comments, concerns, questions, or answers, you can send those to circleoffilm@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you want to learn more about the show and check out other episodes of the show, head over to circleoffilm.com, and... If you're interested in supporting the show in any way, shape, or form, check out patreon.com slash circle of film. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same good night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fails.